0: 90% of wealthy people in the world have 70% of their wealth built on property and I introduce you to what I call the power team. That is your accountant, conveyancer, your contractor if you need one, the bond originator.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Unpacked podcast where we chat about all things property and finance related. If you're looking for creative ways to finance a property deal, then you have come to the right place because today's guest will be unpacking different financing options for purchasing a home in South Africa.
0: Hey, Lerado. I am so excited to be here. On my socials, I am prop doc mom, Property Doctor PropertyDoctorMum. Because that's exactly who I am. All those roles is what I do. I'm Dr. Miranda. I am from Johannesburg. I am Newa's mom, an 11 year old girl. And I studied medicine, and lo and behold, two years ago, I made a transition into just property investor and property mentor. I still work as a medical doctor a little bit here and there. And um, most of of my doctoring career, was spent in corporates I have done what we call occupational medicine and lots of public health worked in the HIV space treating initiating people on antiretrovirals etc so I've had the whole rich life
1: That's amazing. So it's actually really great to learn more about you because I just know you from I've met you on through social media and I knew you as a podcaster and a doctor and I wasn't quite sure what you do, but I'm learning more and I'm very happy to be knowing more about you. So I want to know how your property journey started. So how did you start investing in property?
0: You know, I I had been looking for um, investment vehicles and where to put my money while, while I worked in these corporates that I worked in. And, um, you know, financial advisors will give you advice as much as they know, as they know. So I accidentally fell onto a property masterclass on the weekend. And that's how I ended up being interested as a property investor. And that's how I started property investing. But right now I'm a property mentor. So Prop Doc Mom is a mentorship program that I mentor um, beginner property investors. And purely because Lerato, I'm a little upset about how we don't get introduced to this asset class that is so important in wealth building. I mean, 90% of wealthy people in the world have 70% of their wealth built on property. So how come no one wanted to tell us this? And I felt like it's deliberately hidden in the English of leverage and equity and rate of investment and and, and just the jargon that's used. And that's how I set up my property, um, property mentorship. I just decided somebody needs to unpack it in a language that we can hear. And if no one else, I'm gonna do it, right? And I end up being in property podcast because, you know, my co-host, Vangile Makwakwa. So um, Vangile and I founded the podcast in September 2019. Again, really for that to say, bring property investing closer to people who need it. And because I'm a mom and I single-handedly handle my household, can't Somebody teach mothers how to do something where it frees their time and they can mother more and I can spend more time with my child. And that's what property investing has done. It has freed my time. That's why I love it so much.
1: I would like to know more about the mentorship program. So, how exactly does it work and who is the target audience? So, who can apply for this mentorship program and where do we find out more about it? Well,
0: my property mentorship is underlined in bold and italics. It's for beginners, right? Someone who's never bought a property or someone who bought a property by default. Lo and behold, they find themselves, they have a primary home. But what do you do when you want to expand your property portfolio? How do you expand? And you've had all sorts of terms like you can use other people's money, don't use your money. And you've had all sorts of things that you can actually build wealth on property. But you can't build wealth on property if you you don't run your real estate um, business as a business. And that means it has to be in a company. So the property mentorship really takes you out of curiosity and fear and then not knowing to setting you up. How do you even start to set up the prop call, the company that you're going to invest in, whether to start a trust at that time or later, how do you finance a property? and how to finance the first property if you are sitting with five hundred thousand, for instance do you take all the 500 and buy a property for cash we navigate i navigate you through that and i introduce you to what i call the power team that is your accountant conveyancer your contractor if you need one the bond originator so that you make the decisions that we do correctly and finally, how to find the deal and how to analyze if it is a property that you want to buy and it's, it's a property for business so that you make money and you cash, cash flow from day one. So that's what the property mentorship is. It's a short program, it's, a, it's 16 weeks. You can either pay once off and, and and I just take you through. We meet every second week. I do have a private classroom on Facebook, which I love very much because that's where we discuss things in depth, doing a deal analysis, taking a deal, taking it apart with my, with my mentees and showing them where the money sits or where the money doesn't sit and why you buy the deal or you don't buy the deal. That's how the mentorship works.
1: Speaking about property deals, one thing that I have learned recently is that like not every single property that you purchase is a good deal and not every single property will make you a lot of money. So for someone who does not know about investing in property or analyzing property deals, what kind of red flags should we be looking out for? And what are some important things that a first time investor or a property owner, somebody who is buying for residential purposes,
0: what should we know? Oh my gosh, there are so many. But let me start with the ones that that are my pain point. Those are the mistakes that I have done, I have made. So I'm, I easily share with them. So I know that everyone gets introduced to these new developments, and they promise you that you are buying this for cheap. You are not going to pay transfer costs. And um, some of them have got a tenant already you are buying directly from the developer. Red flag. If you haven't done a deal analysis, you don't know that you are buying an expensive um, asset. And the rental that the person is going to pay, it might look very attractive. Oh, they're going to pay you 6000 per month. But no one has set you down to deal analyze to say you the rental has to cover your mortgage, the insurance the levies for the city, right, and you are inside of a complex, so there is something called home owners association. Those costs on their own can take you out because you'll find yourself with a bill of 4,200 over and above the mortgage that you hadn't worked into the rental, or you end up with a rental that gives you 100 rents profit at the end of the month. But is that what you want? Not when you are in in South Africa and there's so many properties where you can make 10,000 per month, right? So that's one of my pain points. So the ones that are inside of new developments, I'm really wary of not all of them yield the outcome that you are wanting, right? And the second thing is we we grew up, you didn't grow up in my era, Lerato. We grew up knowing that you need to own your house and you need to pay off the mortgage i don't know about
1: <laughs> yeah you know my mom always says that like i was actually telling her that um, i went to a homeowner's meeting and i was surprised that most people in my complex are renting so they actually um they are tenants and um, the people who own the properties don't even live there and she was like no 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 you need to own you need to be responsible and have a place where you know you can always call home and she was giving me this lecture but yeah I feel like um our generation is very different but also like owning while you're young is not it's not really that like a bad decision as well like depending on the type of deal you get into and the reason why you're purchasing and also like your affordability so i feel like yes and no people should buy and then also like people should also um be purchasing to make money from it so like right now i'm actually thinking of um, so the one that I live in, I'm thinking of renting it out and going back home. So, yeah.
0: It's good. It's good to own a home. I'll tell you why. Because it, it is how I launched my property portfolio. Because I went and re-advanced whatever I had paid on the house and I had some 600,000 that I could take out of my bond. So it's a good investment, right? I didn't know that's what I was doing. I was banking some money in there. I was 12 years into the bond and I could take some money out of it. Okay. So, you know, there's something to say about owning the home, but as to this chasing of paying off the mortgage, as opposed to chasing building a property portfolio that could be multi-million rents before you even pay off the bonds and you can keep refinancing i would say as an investor i don't care really about paying off a mortgage that's not what I, that's that's not what i'm chasing right and when i buy investment properties i don't necessarily buy places that i could live in i buy them for rental and for cash flow why do i need cash flow Every day, there's fees to be paid, hip hop, horse riding, whatever, for my child and for my everyday living. So it depends what you are buying the home for. So not all properties are cash flowing. Not all properties are made for a certain certain purpose. So it depends where you are and what your dream is. But of course, most of us, like I said, property investing buys me time me the freedom to work on the days that I can and I want to. And then on some days, I do what I love, which is property mentorship. All right. So, so those are the things that I would say. And then the other biggest one, um, Lerato, that that I've seen people do is as you buy or as you start working, you start with a um, 500,000 rent home and then later on when you get to a higher position you buy the bigger house that's what we grew up in and that's what i see the people that modeled for me were moving from this suburb to a higher suburb into a more luxurious suburb and a bigger car and what i'm saying is when we haven't built wealth that's not what we do i mean even uh, warren buffett He still lives in the same house he lived in 30 years ago. It shows you how people who build real wealth behave, right? Buy a house, make it as comfortable as possible, sure. And and you can buy your other luxuries with the change, with the cash flow from, from what you have built. You don't take your salary and go on to more expenses and more expenses and more expenses. I mean, there are a whole lot of other many, many things that people can do whenever we hit um, a bonus, a big bonus. We go and buy a bigger car or we buy a bigger house. I would say there's another way of doing it. There's no wrong or right. I'm just saying there's another way of building wealth. And we really need to be talking about those a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think more young people need to hear that advice. You know, like actually this past weekend, I was having lunch with a friend and she was telling me about her saving journey. So she is she was currently she was saving for a designer bag um, for the past three months. And um, during our lunch, she mentioned that she thinks she's just going to buy a normal bag and take that handbag savings and use it for something else or just put it away in her savings account. Because if you have to save um, for six months for a designer bag, then clearly it's not your time to own a designer bag. So I was just listening to her and like thinking, mm, OK, OK, if this is what you want to do, then, yeah, I support you. So I was um, this morning, actually, she sent me a photo of her new bag. So she just went out and bought a normal bag and I was just like, oh, I'm so proud. People are out here saving and making better decisions. Oh, I love her! I love her. Can you
0: talk? <laughs> well, uh, the other big thing that I would say to her is, can you please not save it, invest it, invest it? Let's think about what what money is doing right now in savings accounts. People are getting something like 3.1, 2.9 percent interest back. In money markets, which used to be great 10 years ago, money markets, you could get 8 to 9.9%. You're getting nothing right now. You get 5% returns. And what would what would happen if you can save 3,000 per month? can put it in a property stock fair. Start investing in a property and you do zero. You do not have to do anything. Somebody goes and invests your money and you start making 15% returns you know the return upfront. That's what property does. Doesn't give you three, doesn't give you 5%, gives you 10, 12, 15, sometimes 20, right? So I would say, let's not even save. That language of saving is a language that, again, my generation grew up on. You need to save, pay off the mortgage, and be seen to be successful by the next BMW. I'm just picking on BMW. It's the most visible car. It's not, yeah, I like BMWs, but (laughs) it's not the brand that irritates me. It irritates me how we were brought up. Yeah, I love that question. At the mentorship, actually, I think my very first life that I did was I shared about five strategies of no money or very little cash down where you can start investing in property. So here's the thing. Your first property, don't make it your dream home. That's the first thing. Right. And even the one that you are renting, you're probably finding that young people are renting in a two bedroom or they are renting a three bedroom unit in the other bedroom. What sits in them? They are golf clubs. They are tennis records and they are gym equipment. That's the room to rent to another friend. All right. And privacy is overrated guys. When we do not have money, we really need to shift our mindset to something else. How am I going to make the money that I don't have? How am I going to make it? And you are probably sitting on a property that could be making money. So you sublet, speak to your landlord, make sure that that is in order. You sublet the other room and somebody's that's paying your rent or part of your rent and that's how you get disposable cash so that you can start you can start saving and that is a strategy actually in property it's called house hacking so if you buy or you are renting buy a three bedroom unit so that you can share it with another person and this and the person start paying you or a person who's not working right now if they are living in their house and there's a cottage at the back What are you doing with an empty cottage and having your privacy when you don't have money? You rent out the cottage, you get five to 7,000 rents. There you are. You are sharing the the, the mortgage with somebody else. You start having more money in your pocket, right? So that's one of them. That's one of them. The second thing that we talk about with Vangile a lot on the podcast is that we grew up with with a two-room and garage at home. Yeah, most of township properties have got, what we call a two-roomed garage. We've never seen that room outside as a property investment, but it is indeed a property investment. And in the township, there is a funder that funds township and high-risk areas called TUF. TUF is T-U-H-F, Trust for um, Urban Housing Fund. TUHF, you find them on tuhf.co.za, they fund township and inner city properties, right, and they don't even need you to be having your own income already. How they evaluate that your property is going to pay back the loan is by evaluating the future rental. If you tell them, I'm going to put, you've got a plan that you are going to put, four units at the back of your house, in a township house, and you start earning 2,500 from each room from tenants, and they give you a loan for 500,000 for refurbishing and building those, those units. The minute they know that there's cash flow and you are getting up to something like 20, 30% of that money goes to your pocket, they know that the, that the loan is going to be paid. And they, they calculate future rental, and that's how they evaluate whether the, 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 the deal is viable or not. And that's how they borrow your money. So go and look at them. tuh has got a fund called Umastandi. Umastanji is must you know, the owner of the stand. That is, that is another mechanism of, 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 of investing in property. The other way, when you say you don't have money, and you are able to sell ice blocks cold drink and you've got one thousand two thousand three thousand three thousand five hundred you can already get involved in a property stock fair yeah look it up there's a lady that we interviewed on our podcast lerato who's called Lindile. Lindile opened saki seas where stock fell and she had three years of investing and she called the 5000 people she called them moguls the 3500 where people called entrepreneurs and i can't remember what 2000 was called but that shows you that at any different level a person can start investing in property but what does a, the property stock money do where does it go to so she had Thousands of people investing in this. She partnered with another company which used to find the deal, find a building, refurbish the building using the Stockfeller money. And then they would tenant the building. Once the rental starts flowing, all those investors start earning money. On your 2000, you could earn 15%. On your 3500, 15% returns. On your 5000, 15,000, and they do it through an app. So no one, even if you don't have 100,000, you can make 2,000 and 2,500. Right now, um, that same fund has moved on to people who have got chunks of 10,000, they can put in chunks of 10,000 in a trust, and the trust starts buying properties on behalf of a group of people. That's the only way of managing that money you have in South Africa. You have to manage it in a property equity fund. And the fund then collects 10,000 from several people. And it has just bought a property for a million rands outside of Joburg. So all of us have got an opportunity. If you do not have 100,000, you have 10,000. If, if you don't have 5,000, you surely can make 2,000 you can start investing in property.
1: I agree. Um, I totally agree. So there are so many ways that you can invest in physical and non-physical property. So from ETFs to fractional investment property strategies and companies like um, what is it, Easy Properties, we have the CEO on the podcast. So just go back and listen to that episode with um, Rupert Finmore. And there are just like so many strategies that people should know about. And I'm going to try and spread as much information as possible so more people can get into investing in property. So it doesn't matter if you have a hundred rand to spend or if you have a million rand to spend, there is a strategy for you. And there are like many ways where you can start small and save up as much as possible and use that to invest even further into like bigger and more profitable um, investments. So yeah, you should definitely start small. Start with what you have. If you do have a three bedroom and you're only utilizing two bedrooms, then why not rent out one? There are so many amazing property investment strategies and all you need to do is just meet one person to introduce you or explain to you how it works and you need to educate yourself as much as possible and get started because there is so much opportunity out there and I'm so grateful for platforms like mine and Miranda and Vangile's podcast where people come on and they tell their stories and hopefully there's somebody out there who's listening and motivated to start doing the same and also investing in different ways and yeah building wealth because that is the main purpose you want to build generational wealth and make sure that you and your family and their kids and everybody is well off from your investments so Miranda speaking about your platform I was on your podcast and I spoke about um investing in three different countries and different strategies I personally used. So I want you to tell everybody about your podcast and what exactly is your podcast about? And I also had um Vangile on my podcast. So Vangile is Miranda's co-host and they host the Property Magician's podcast. So I will add a link in the description and you guys should definitely go and listen because it's such an amazing podcast and I learn new things from that podcast every single time I listen to an episode. So definitely check it out. But Miranda, please tell us more about the Property Magicians podcast.
0: I, I love the fact that you came to our podcast and thank you for that again. I don't know if you saw my podcast highlight. On Wednesday afternoons or Thursday afternoons, we do what we call a podcast highlight. Sometimes I do it on my own. Sometimes Vangile does it, right? Because some people... I only have only found out about Property Magicians podcast right now and we are already at episode 76. There are relevant podcasts about every single way of investing in property, right? Our property podcast Property Magicians really speaks to mostly brown people because, you know, like I said, property investing has been hidden probably in a black book from black, from black people. So we speak about land, we speak about financing deals, we speak about the many different uh, property investing strategies, we have interviewed the same tough and Umastandi on our property and Lirato came on to Property Magicians and we really loved it. For the first time we had a millennial who told us how she had invested outside of our country which was which was great we've had some millennials who have who have been on our podcast so that was very exciting so property magicians we um we have an episode that comes out every tuesday we are on spotify itunes and Podbean, right? And we we have been voted the best newbie on Podbean, by the way, this year. And on iTunes, yeah, and on iTunes we are number 15 in South Africa, or under the the, the finance and investing uh, category. So, Property Magicians is doing things and it's informing, and we have given birth to property portfolios of people who used to listen to us on them on the lockdown in South Africa, and they have started their property portfolios as a result of the information that's that's loaded on on property magicians. It's a longer podcast. Listen to it while you commute to work or while you're cleaning the house or washing your car. It's a longer podcast, one hour long, 55, maybe sometimes longer, depending on the guest. but that's us, property magicians.
1: I love the Property Magicians podcast, and it's actually it's one of my favorite investing and real estate podcasts in the world. Like everything is relatable and I always learn new things. So I just really love hearing from other Africans and knowing how people invest and how people are building their wealth so i feel like this is a great way to hear about other people's stories and learn new strategies so i will definitely be adding a link in the description and i recommend that you go and you listen to the podcast miranda if someone wants to reach out to you and they want to find out more about your courses or your podcast or everything that you are involved in how do they find you
0: you can land on my landing page at www.com Propdocmum.com or my facebook page is Propdocmum as well on insta i'm dr miranda underscore prop.mom so wherever you see me is Propdocmum. even on twitter i am hardly on twitter but there you are so, so that's how you that's how you find me and if you leave me a direct message i try to answer everybody's message. And I think that's how we found each other, Lerato, didn't we?
1: yeah yeah we did find each other on facebook and i'm so glad we connected because then we wouldn't have this podcast episode so thank you again miranda for taking the time to come and chat to us this was insightful and i learned a lot as usual and i'm actually i would love to host a live session on clubhouse with you and vangile to chat more about Different property strategy, so I think we should plan that offline. But I am so grateful that you took the time and you came onto the podcast. Love this episode? Make sure to visit our website, www.unpack.co.za, to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you simply told a friend about us, that would be helpful too. Thank you for listening. Hey guys, welcome back to the Unpack podcast where we chat about all things property and finance related. If you're looking for creative ways to finance a property deal, then you have come to the right place because today's guest will be unpacking different financing options for purchasing a home in South Africa.